feature presentation. Welcome back to another untitled television review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. But I'm not allergic to fungus, so that's a good thing, right? I mean, we we both (laughs) talked about this before. We're both allergic to penicillin, uh, which is made from fungus. So would we survive in The Last of Us? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Uh, Eric, today is a long, long time coming. Uh, For anyone who's listened to Eric and I over the last... 10 years, whether it was on Movie Monarchy or the Toronto Film Scene podcast or now with the Untitled Movie podcast, uh, one thing has been consistent uh, over all of those shows is I have not shut up uh, about The Last of Us. It had nothing to do with movies. It had nothing to do with TV at that time. Uh, But gaming um, and video games were always uh, kind of my first love when it came to entertainment and even storytelling, even though those early days of games didn't really have much of a story. Um, and I fell in love with movies and and things like that through video games. And then ironically, The Last of Us was a very cinematic video game that came out uh, a decade ago now. Um, and I've been screaming from the rooftops like many uh, of how great it was and how everyone should play this game, whether you play video games or you or you don't, and how it should be adapted into a, a movie or a TV show because it could be the first great uh, video game adaptation. And it was always something that I wanted to share with people like Eric or my wife or my mom who doesn't necessarily play like narrative single player video games. Um, and I'm happy to say that today is the day we are reviewing HBO's The Last of Us. So it's been a long time coming. I'm very excited to do this. Um, before we get started, uh, this is going to be a completely spoiler-free uh, discussion impressions on the entire first season of The Last of Us. So episode one is premiering on January 15th, this Sunday uh, on HBO, and then it'll be kind of HBO's kind of prime Sunday uh, viewing show for the next uh, nine weeks. Um, But we are going to talk about the whole season. Um, Even though the game has been out for 10 years, um, you know, it's obviously an adaptation, so it's not going to be one to one. uh, But we're not going to talk spoilers at all. This is just going to be overall thoughts, overall kind of feelings um i want to get eric's thoughts as someone who's never experienced this story i think it's a going to be a really kind of fun conversation because it's coming at it from two completely different perspectives me being a super fan of the last of us who obsessively has played the first game multiple times is playing the second game multiple times um has uh, fantasized about this moment not in a weird way but in this actually being adapted um for a very very long time and and fan casting and how i would do it and who should play these roles and things like that so i'm coming at it from that perspective eric's coming at it as i've heard matt talk about this for 10 years uh, and and i'm just coming at it as or eric's coming at it as like just is it going to be a good story is it going to be a good show uh so i'm very very excited to do this eric how are you today i'm good matt and and it also is interesting just talk about it through the perspective of 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 genre and and how does it yeah you're a big genre guy so this is gonna be yeah so how does it play with tropes that you're familiar with but also subvert them in a way that either you're not expecting or finds new avenues to develop certain aspects of characters or storylines that would otherwise seem, um, you know, very standard to the course, but does something a little bit new with it. And you can really tell while watching this show how influential it has been on filmmakers in the last decade, um, especially, you know, people like Alex Garland and Wes Ball and, you know, Trey Edward Schultz and, and many others in terms of their cinematic influences. And then even the game itself, obviously, you know, from everything from I Am Legend to Stephen King's The Stand to something like Children of Men, I think all of those things are very much influential on the game and on, you know, the genre itself. And and even obviously George Romero with, with you know, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the dead um but it's going to be a really interesting discussion as we do get into individual episodes and sort of break things down um you know week by week but in terms of an overall kind of uh you know just taking it in for that first time 
it is a bleak show. <laughs> um, but but it, it, it I think again, you know, we've talked about this before as well. I think it's better to have this air, you know, one episode per week instead of, you know, doing a binge thing because I think it'd be too much all at once. And it is something that you need a little bit of time to decompress after watching uh, each episode. But The Last of Us sets a new standard for video game adaptations. It's the best video game adaptation ever made, in, in my opinion. And I think what it does yeah, baby. so well... <laughs> is the format in which it's telling its story. I think making it a television adaptation instead of a film gives it more breathing room. It allows it to grow like a fungus over time. And you get to experience the world that these characters are living in, in a way that I think would be a bit more truncated if it was in a, you know, a film or a series of films even. And this kind of feels like you get the whole experience through these nine episodes and very consistent i mean there's obviously craig mazin and, and neil Druckmann are the, the the driving forces here but the the filmmaking and the writing and the performances and just the the aesthetic overall feel like they all belong in this dystopian future and that is something that really does feel singular to its vision and you know again like it's i think the main sort of goal of this is to look at how a worldview changes in you know the, the 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 with the threat of a new obstacle you know it's it's basically fascism versus fungus and which one is worse and the question i wanted to ask you with yeah. having played both of the games and now watch the show do you think that the last of us is an optimistic series about humanity's survival, or do you think it w is one that is ultimately saying everything is over and it is pessimistic in terms of like what is left or what remains? Well, I think what I love about it is I don't think it's necessarily either. And I think it lets you kind of, um, and I'm, that's kind of a cop out, but I think that's essentially at its core, what, is so great about the games and so great about the show is because you have those different perspectives. You have everyone just trying to endure and survive in their own way. That means some people are going about it in horrific, um, horrible ways. Um, when you look at it from, you know, someone in, still living in a normal society's perspective, um, you have it at an angle from just trying to save the people you love, right? Like that's essentially what this story is about because it is from Joel and Ellie's perspective. And um, uh, so in that sense, I think it is optimistic, right? Like it, it's realistic at times. Like Joel is, is very realistic of how this world works, but um, you know, he's still trying to make it through and, and save the people that he loves. And then you have basically everyone, all the characters that they meet throughout the story are kind of trying to do that same thing. So even though it's in this very cynical kind of depressing um kind of uh, world um, in this post-apocalyptic world, I think at its core, it is optimistic in the sense of like, yeah, the world's gone to shit. Can there be a cure? Can we find a cure to this thing? Or is this how it's going to be? And we have to make the best of it. And whether that's doing horrible things to make your group survive because you, you know, whatever it takes is essentially it. Um, I think you could argue it both ways. Like, Oh, humanity is fucked. And that's the cynical side of things is like, there is no cure. Um, or, you know, it, it, everyone has to resort to horrible things because the they're like you said, fascism with the government continuing on with Fedra and, and the different things that, that pop up. And then you have horrible raider groups and, and the fireflies who are trying to kind of say that they're doing the right thing, but who is doing the right thing? Like it's all such a gray area. And I think that's what makes the story so interesting and the decisions the characters make, whether they are for love or for, you know, hate or revenge and all that. So you'll see that throughout, you know, this season of the show and then even further into the story, as Eric mentions in the games, but we're not going to talk about the games. We are talking about the show. And I think everyone, if you're 10 minutes into this, you probably know what it's about. It, it's, you know, 20 years after a horrible kind of um, fungus takes over um, the bodies of, they're not zombies, they're infected uh, of the human race where most of the human race is wiped out uh, by this kind of fungal infection that kind of turns people into you know, they hate being called zombies, but from a classic, you know, 
trope or, or how people will view this. They are essentially zombies, but they are infected. Um, and then it takes place 20 years after that, where you have a character named Joel Miller, uh, who is living in a quarantine zone in, in Boston, um, who has to kind of take this young girl uh, across the United States to a group called the Fireflies because um, she has a mysterious kind of importance to her um that you find out throughout the show but i just wanted to get that out in case anyone's watching this that has no idea what the last of us is it's very different than the walking dead it's very different than um a lot of the kind of classic you know post-apocalyptic zombie kind of stuff you you've seen although it still has a lot of familiar elements like eric mentions it, it took from a lot of classic you know movies and and novels like cormac mccarthy's the road and other things like that but then has also been incredibly influential so um yeah eric man i i don't know like i look at it as kind of um kind of both because i i do really see the you know that love in this story especially with um kind of the the depth they give some of the side characters as well. It is very much Joel and Ellie's story, but you, the people they meet along the way, I think that they really hammer home that this is about, you know, keeping the people you love alive and, and, and just getting through. So uh, I'm all over the place, but I'll, I'll kick it off and say that like, yeah, I, I loved it. It lived up to the highest of expectations for me. Um, I was kind of not worried going in, but something that you, you love so much. I was saying to you, off air that like i i finally understand as someone who doesn't read much <laughs> um how book people feel when their favorite novels get adapted into a film or a television show right like um and this is kind of different because in a game it is a visual medium you see what the characters look like you have you see what the world looks like um all these kind of different things so there's already this image in your head of who these characters are what they sound like and all these different things so during this first watch i I found myself, and that's why I think this conversation is going to be so fun because it's coming at it from two completely different viewpoints. I found it like, man, I, I understand how book people uh, feel now because throughout the whole thing, I'm comparing it to the game. I'm going, um, oh, uh, Bella Ramsey doesn't look like Ellie, like, but she's great. But I keep seeing the Ellie from the game. Oh, how did they change this? Oh, these characters' stories are different. Oh, um, it's very faithful, but like, and you see shots pulled right from the game, but then a lot of it's changed. And like, I found my brain going to like 40 different places watching this, and I found it hard to kind of just sit back and let it wash over me. But eventually that kind of left, and and I was like, you know what, this is its own thing, even though it's very, very very, very faithful to the game. And I ended up falling in love with it all over again. Like I, um, I noticed elements in the show that are from the game, but like seeing it from a different perspective of just watching it and watching actors perform it and not necessarily being into in control, let my kind of eye wander to different things or let me like process things differently or, or see things that I never saw during the game or I should have been cause they were right in front of me, but maybe I was so focused on gameplay or, or th certain things like that where, um, certain story elements or certain items, I, I had a new meaning to me watching it in, with this different lens. And um, I had the literally such high expectations and I wanted this to be good so badly because I've been telling people how great it was. And and sometimes you're in your bubble and video games, especially like they're not known for their great storytelling, right? Like it's they're video games. You want the gameplay to be great. And, uh, and only recently stories have started to get really, uh, and I know there are exceptions. You can yell at me in the comments or whatever. Um, but I think video game stories have only like in the last 10 years, like the last of us and a little bit before that have gotten really, really great. But then you you go, well, maybe I just think that cause is it great for a video game or is it great? Like actually like a great story. So uh, it made me feel so, so validated i guess when you you're watching this and you go no this translates perfectly just like i thought and and you mentioned it like it's i'm so glad they made it into a tv show not a movie because it lets it breathe like you said it lets you kind of take that week it's a dark show and there's a lot going on that it lets you kind of go whoa like when an episode ends and kind of have that week to process it before you get to the next one um and i think you need that in this and there's so much like it's a very simple story at its core it's it's a road trip kind of movie sort of it's a cross country like get to from place a to place b and try to survive um but there's a lot more going on with those side characters with joel and ellie's backstory 
injuries and like um it just absolutely crushed me again there were multiple times where like i'm full on like i've cried at the game and i've cried playing the game multiple times and there's certain moments that get me every single time but i found myself crying at completely new things in this game and 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 things they added and changed and things like that and like it just really hits me emotionally the story even though it's so simple at its core and um i'm a sucker for the setting i think that the um, we did see unfinished versions of some episodes, but um, from the first episode especially, is it was completely done. And um, I loved the mix of practical effects and, and real sets and um, mixed with CG to kind of enhance them. So I thought the show had a gorgeous look, even though it is dark and grungy and, and dirty and and but the the creature effects on the infected um, all looked awesome. So like all this stuff you see in the game and you wonder how that's going to translate to live action. And uh, I'm just so happy to say that I think it is truly the best video game adaptation ever. Um, I don't want to go as far as saying it's the first great video game adaptation because I know people love Arcane. They love The Witcher. A lot of people love Castlevania on Netflix, the, the anime. So like... Um, there were some things that kind of laid the groundwork for The Last of Us to, to kind of come in and be this huge HBO show. But um, I'll shut up now and let you go, Eric, because you've already kind of teased how you felt. But like uh, it lived up to my highest of expectations. And anyone who's like worried about certain things, you hear out of context Craig Mazin say something or Neil Druckmann say something in an interview saying they changed this or the spores aren't in the in the show and things like that, like just watch the show watch the show first make a judgment after that don't be scared if they changed things like they're they did change things but to me i think they changed them for the better and that's crazy for me to say like i think e almost every change they made um i think improved the story just because it's a different medium you have to look at it from a different way there are things you could do that you couldn't do in a video game or if you did them it might take you out of joel and ellie's story but in a tv show it adds to their story so i feel like every change they made they actually weirdly improved the story in in certain ways and never took away from it and those little changes of trying to make it more believable and setting it in the real world um i think added to it like they really set up and give you background on on the stuff that they couldn't give you in the game and i think that's great and there's even little things like product placement and, and certain things in the show that um, weren't in the game of like using real world food and and other things and and stuff like that that I think you know can be kind of eye rolly when it feels like gross product placement but I think when product placement is done really well it it sets it up in our real world that this took place so like certain things like that that are changed from the game and added and um, and even bigger things so I think it's um I I've gone on a monologue for 10 minutes but I think it's absolutely fantastic Eric from someone who never played the game you only heard me yell at it you've already kind of teased your thoughts how did you feel about this season as a whole I I really liked it quite a bit and and again like it's one of those things where you know you hear a lot about it through someone like yourself who is very passionate about, you know, uh, part one and part two and how it's transformed gameplay into a new cinematic level. And again, you know, there's the curse of the video game adaptation that's kind of looming over any adaptation that's taken from, you know, this source. And so, going into this you, you you know you have expectations that okay this is beloved you don't want it to be ruined for the people who love the original medium but then at the same time yes you are adapting something for another format so you have to consider all those tweaks need to be made in order to you know fit it within the realm of a movie or a tv show and i think with the last of us again it's it's a show the two things that really become clear as you're watching these nine episodes thematically and just structurally speaking is how time and transportation are the two things that are that, that stick out i think time specifically being how the story unfolds over you know the course of 20 years and with that you're looking at how 
certain lapses of time and, and even just in small increments, you know, a few hours in a day or how, again, years, you know, progress a character and their sort of um, disposition on life and how things progress in either a negative or maybe even sometimes a positive way. And so when you're watching this, you're seeing the evolution of these characters who many of which have been hardened by this event, have changed completely who they are. But you do see little glimpses of, you know, people that lived in the before times, you know, having that little, those little traces of, of who they were before, but the newer versions of themselves, maybe the hollow versions of themselves or the selves that are guilty, um, having to contemplate actions that they've committed and, those are the kind of things that are very introspective and interesting when it comes to character work and performances. And it is an ensemble piece. Like it's, I was surprised by that because usually when you have a very sparse, isolated story or, you know, a survival thriller or a road trip movie, usually you have a couple central characters and every now and then they'll come along somebody else. But the way it diverts into other storylines, it feels like you're watching truly this this one piece of 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 a great tapestry with all these characters and storylines, but also again perspectives on how the world has affected other people, the you know who remains, and again the iconography of of what has been built in terms of the Fedra content and the Firefly content. And, you know, I can see that conservative reading being like, okay, this is like a, a, a propaganda piece for communism or, or socialism or something like that. And it's, it's really not that at all. It's, it's, just, it's just basically, you know, how do people live given the predicament that they're in and, and transportation again is another thing that I think is really interesting and, and folds nicely into time is that, you know, this almost does feel like a show about pioneering in a lot of ways, because, you know, most technology is back to the basics again. It's all very rudimentary. So, yes, there is electricity in, in the quarantine zones and things like that. But, you know, to get anywhere, you can't travel by plane anymore. You can't even travel by car and, and like, you know, in, in the in the in the most kind of convenient sense. Um, of the sure. Word. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and those are the things that I think, you know in in our world in our day and age that could easily be taken for granted and i think that that's oh especially when you're telling a cross-country story of getting yes. like you said like a road trip movie or and how oh, sorry how that progresses and i think that that is also very smartly told because again it, it it's going to take a lot longer to get to point a to point b than say oh like, yeah literally you know, like, going from boston to uh Colorado, right? Like yeah, or, the the, the mid across yeah the Salt Lake and yeah and and so yeah, like Utah and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So you, you those things you kind of again you have to consider, and it doesn't spoon feed you either. You know, like it'll it'll mention subtle things here and there, and you'll see changes in seasons and things like that. But I just thought it was really clever and confident in its storytelling and what it needs to tell you and what it doesn't and what you ultimately will interpret on your own of how these characters behave and how they interact with other people and the virus itself or, or the fungus, pardon me, because it's not a virus. Viral infections are different to fungus infections, but the, the, the fungus and the, and the, and the outbreak itself. And so again, like it's just interesting to see how people, be, behave in these environments and what they have become and what is worse you know the fascism or the fungus or you know what is left because it just is it's so broken down and it's like they're you're never going to be able to get back to what it was before and what it is now and i think that's really interesting right and that's yeah. what the show's kind of hammering down of going like you know, I don't want to, again, it's tricky. We, we really can't spoil anything in the show. So we're trying to be kind of as broad paint, as broad strokes as possible when it comes to our thoughts. But uh, you mentioned a couple interesting things. And I think that's coming at it from such a, an interesting perspective because the time thing in the game, like it, it, 
yeah, it does play a huge part. The story jumps like it basically the infection happens 20 years later. And that's not a spoiler. That's what the show's premise is. Um, and then with the transportation thing, it's so interesting because in the game, you you take control, right? Like you are playing as Joel and leading Ellie across the US. So like it, it sometimes you never control, you're never driving. Sometimes there's your know, horseback. I forget in the first game is if there is, but the second game for sure. But like um, those different modes of transportation are, are interesting, especially getting across the country. Um, and then you mentioned the people that they meet along the way and how this feels like an ensemble piece. And there's a lot of guest stars um, in, in not in like a, I mean, weirdly, it is kind of like that. Hey, you know that person from that one show, whether it's an HBO show or another show or something like that. And they come on for these guest roles and people who have played the game will be very familiar with a lot of them, not all of them. Um, but what they do, that's kind of what I was alluding to in my comments is like um, in the game, those are all people you meet along the way that, you know, push Joel and Ellie towards their their goal. Right. They're kind of passive interactions for the most part. Like you 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 meet a character, they help you get a thing and then you move on. Right. And then you kind of meet them. Um, and some of them are more one to one and some they change drastically. And I think, like I said, those those changes are because in a television medium, um, you can kind of do some different things where if you did what they do in the show in a game, I don't think that that would work at all. Right. Like, but weirdly enough in the show, it improves what they did in the game. And um, I thought that was interesting because that's something that was unexpected to me. Right. When you think, you know, something so well and then they deliver something unexpected, I think, and make it like great and something you go, wow, I didn't even know I wanted that because what was in the game was already great. And not saying that it's now bad because of what they did in the show. It's just the show is different, but it is also great. And I said improved, but that also doesn't mean that the game one is lesser or or worse or anything. It's just that was great and they almost even made it better. So there are those side characters that that's what I was really, <laughs> excuse me, hopefully it's not the fungus um the oh, no. side characters the side characters that i was really surprised with of being like giving them a lot of depth and 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 showing you backstories and different things like that that like i, I was like oh damn this is this is really 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 good like don't get me wrong like watching it i was like yo this is pretty faithful i i really really like this but it gets to a few moments where especially when they change certain things and and do some different stuff that i don't think they could do in the games i'm like oh man this show is fantastic like it is that hbo quality sunday night appointment viewing um like not just for fans of the games like i genuinely think this will be just a, a a great show for people to kind of you know and i love that appointment viewing thing of everyone watching it at the same time sundays at 9 p.m right like when they just hbo is the best place for that and they're the only ones that i feel like are still kind of doing that where everyone sunday night sits down and watches game of thrones or white lotus or whatever a succession the sopranos back in the day like, sopranos yeah like i'm saying more recent stuff but sopranos and like they are, are, the, they wire, are the kings yeah. and and queens of that where and i think the last of us fits so well and i, I think hbo was the perfect place for this show because i feel like it has that top quality like they'll spend a lot of money to shoot this on location shot in calgary so there's some CanCon um there which i think is awesome on the casting i want to go a little bit into that um i think pedro pascal absolutely rocks it as joel like he's perfect and i think the entire cast um is great and at times i found myself like whoa like when um it's Diego Luna. No, or is it Gabriel? No, Luna. I keep getting them mixed up. Gabriel, Gabriel Luna. Luna. Diego Luna is in Andor. <laughs> yes. Gabriel um, Luna as, as um, Tommy. As Tommy, when he walks in for the first time in that first episode, he sounds like Tommy from the game and it threw me off. And like, so you get these people of, they're not necessarily doing impersonations or anything like that, but you can tell like Pedro Pascal is doing the jewel kind of innocent inflections and things like that. He still sounds like Pedro Pascal, but he's doing that kind of Texan accent and stuff like that and absolutely rocks it. And, and, you know, I think people with Bella Ramsey 
as Ellie, like, you know, Ellie was already kind of like people said it was based off of uh, Elliot Page uh, or or people I thought always um, from Booksmart would be great. Caitlin Deaver. Um, Caitlin Deaver looks and sounds exactly like Ellie. And they even talked about how they um, she did a table read, but she kind of aged out of the role because she's in her mid to late 20s. Right. So I think when Bella Ramsey was cast because she doesn't look or really sound like Ellie from the games, people were a little skeptical. And and I, I will admit I was one of those people. Um, and you know, I'd seen her in game of Thrones and, and she was very young at that time, but, um, I wasn't super familiar with anything else she'd done, but, uh, and I will say it takes you a second. If you are a fan of the game to kind of get used to Bella Ramsey as Ellie. And that's not a, a slight on her performance at all or anything like that. But I think when you have this character that you've, played uh, you know 40 50 hours of video games with that is very etched into your brain it takes you a second to go do i love this do i like this it's not that it's bad it's just not what like it, she and then you kind of see her version of ellie and uh, i feel like she absolutely rocks it too there's moments very early on where it's like oh she has the essence of ellie if that makes sense like even like though Calvin she Klein. doesn't look like her yeah essence of ellie coming soon um just smells like mushrooms <laughs> um and then um i think that that's when i finally started to see it and kind of go okay remove that that fungus from my brain of the video game and let bella ramsey be ellie she still has that personality of ellie that i think you see throughout the game and you know most people who are watching the show probably won't have played the game so that'll be like did, did you love her did you like her performance like right away throughout the whole thing like um, that's it, coming it, at it, it took from, me a little bit but 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 i think a lot of these characters start in a place of 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 archetypes i think you have like joel is that kind of stoic you know strong silent type kind of character you know the 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 the, the grizzled cowboy who's kind of he, he's basically doing his version of Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven in a lot of ways. Like it kind of reminded yeah. me a little bit of that. And then Ellie as a character, her personality like up front is very, yeah, she's much a 14 smart, al girl. smart yeah. alecky yeah. kid who kind of, um, you know, gets into a lot of trouble, but then at the same time, grew up in this hardened world. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't put her, doesn't want to put herself emotionally out there. So she hides it behind, you know, this kind of comedic, you know, uh, sort of shield. So yeah, like you, you it, it takes a minute. And, and again, when it comes to these types of movies or shows where you have a dystopian set kind of premise, a lot of shortcuts are usually taken when it comes to how characters are written. It's like, this guy is this person, this person is this kind of person, you know, you, it's based on the personalities and how the personalities all interact with each other because again even though this isn't a zombie movie or show a lot of zombie movies and shows it's always about what's scarier the thing that's infected on the outside trying to get in or the people or what that the you're people with become yeah or just who you're with you know as as yeah. people you know personalities like there's a there's a lot of people that you you go to work with or you interact with on a daily basis that right. you're fine with but in terms of having to be in a survival situation and, you know, being in life or death scenarios, it changes things. And that comes out in people's personalities. You never know completely who you're with or who even you are until That's you're point, presented yeah. with. In a situation like this. With fungus monsters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so yeah. like those, that, that, that is, it, it is important to that because again, the, 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 the infected are or the zombies or or the creatures are usually never the thing of interest they're usually just there no as a, and a dropping like a like a plot device or or like a starting point a reason of what yeah, yeah which is and i think the infected in the last of us like again there are some great moments with them throughout this season and in the game like obviously in the game they serve a purpose of being a threat to you much like some of the you know the normal people or human characters I, everyone's human but you know what i mean like the lucid people that are just horrible um 
like they the infected serve a purpose of being the scary thing that's trying to kill you in the game right so a lot of the tenseness in the game is you trying to have to sneak up on them or kill them or sneak past them and things like this so they're used differently in the show um and i think used effectively like they're sparingly used um uh but i think it's it's always effective when you see them whether it's you know in, in a threatening situation or you just see people growing into the wall which uh or, or stuff like that when it comes to like set dressing and like and that reminded me of annihilation so. quite a bit with with yeah. the swimming pool scene in 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 that movie specifically yeah. but then even you know there, there there are other movies and shows that you start to think about quite a bit i mean before like again, like I wouldn't be surprised if Neil Druckmann was a little bit inspired by Contagion, you know, with with, with Soderbergh's show, because again, it's it's very logical in how you know this outbreak begins and how quickly it happens and how unprepared people are to deal with something like this, because there's this kind of weird um, chauvinistic quality of feeling like, oh, you know, we don't have to worry about things because you know we have everything in place, and it's like, well, no, you're not prepared for something like this and nobody was and you know that that happens and so when you move from that side of the story and how it unfolds in a kind of procedural kind of way and how we see that story on a scale that's not just in North America I think that's another thing that's really important that this is an international story and it does reflect that uh, in 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 a very mindful way, and I think even just in having, certain, I think is really interesting. Yeah. Certain directors on on this project as well that are you know international directors. You have someone like Ali Abassi who just directed Holy Spider, you know, directing a couple episodes. So it's like one of those things where it's 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 even considering the 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 large scale, even though it's still weirdly a microcosm of these two characters being you know, the, the, the focal point or the through line yeah. of what is being told. And so when you're seeing all this unfold in such a dark and disturbing manner and what characters have to do in order to survive and what they're willing to put aside or sacrifice in order to do that, it does make you question your own humanity and your own moral uh, compass in that way where you are thinking, oh, you know what, I wouldn't do that, or I think I would be above doing that. And it's like, well, you don't know until you're in the situation. But it oh, does absolutely. Yeah. It, that's where the video game, I think, aspect does sort of connect with the TV side of things, where it does that's that's where the gameplay for watching the show comes into place because you can look at it and watch and be like, oh, would I do that? I not do that how would I you know deal with the situation that's an interesting like that. way of putting it yeah, yeah. like because you're still t from Joel and Ellie's perspective but you can kind of like you said decide even in the game it's still very linear it doesn't necessarily let you make choices in the sense that changes the story so it is very much still like a television show that you basically there's action sequences that you take control of but um so but i can see that there's a connection there that i think is interesting or if you um, just and then agree even with the like characters are, right like that's yeah. the other thing like if you agree with that's the whole what thing. people are doing and it's like oh i side with this person or i side with this person or i think you know this and that person goes in back to episode, the first game man there was yeah. there was lots of discussion over that first game and there'll be discussion over this season which i think will be um really interesting for that exact thing of like would i do what that person did if that person did this are they a good guy are they a bad guy are there good guys are there bad guys kind of to my point earlier about whether this is you know optimistic or a cynical story um i think it's all like there's no right or wrong answer in a lot of that stuff and, and then it leads to interesting discussion and then that's why i love this story in that game and the show um so much because i can't wait to have those conversations again right like with people who i didn't have them with before and get their perspective um on because again this is a situation i think that's why people were why we're kind of fascinated with that kind of post-apocalyptic setting right because i think you know mind you what we've gone through the last couple of years it, it kind of hits too close to home at points but like um which makes it even more dark and disturbing and unsettling, but it does put you, I think, 
why I love the genre or subgenre, whatever you want to call it, or setting. And um, I think is because of that. Because for what you just said, Eric, you think about what would you do? Would you eat Chef Boyardee that was 20 years old or would you um, not? And like things like that. So um, I, I that, again, that's why I love this show. I want to give a shout out um, to some of the actors that came back from the game, like um, uh, Merle Dandridge plays Marlene in the game. And she also plays her um, in the show, which I think is awesome. And she obviously is very familiar with the role and, and does a great job again. But then you have people like Anna Torv, who plays Tess, um, who most people would know from uh, Fringe, Fringe, right? Like, uh, yeah, Fringe, and yeah, which I think is awesome. And yeah, Mindhunter, she was in as well. And she's not uh, Carrie Coon Parker or, and, or uh, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> right, sure. Um, Nico Parker in the first episode as Joel's daughter, um, Sarah, um, is fantastic. Um, uh, she is so good. And then you have like, uh, HBO kind of, um, regulars kind of popping up like Murray Bartlett and his episode with Nick Offerman, um, is uh, like absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Melanie Linsky shows up storm Reed, Jeffrey Pierce, who played Tommy in the game plays a different character in the show. Um, and I almost forgot, I didn't even realize it was him until much later where I'm like, oh my God, that was a guy who played Tommy. Um, how they use like the, uh, like, um, uh, Troy Baker and, and Ashley Johnson who played Joel and Ellie in the, in the first game. Um, they have like legitimate roles on this show and, um, how they utilize them, I think is, is perfect. Um, and isn't just that kind of Nolan North popping up in Uncharted uh, oh, moments, right? Like, th- like they give them real characters to play, and it both like, and I think that that's Canadian legend Graham Greene, right? Um, yep, that's how he's introduced. Uh, everywhere. Shows up, and I hope so. Like that's introducing Canadian legend Graham Greene, like a, a scene stealer as well, man. And like, so bringing back to that ensemble of what you talked about, Eric, like I was just so shocked because it is a very, you know, focused, simple narrative between, you know, Joel and Ellie going across the United States, but all these people they meet along the way and how they go about this really awful situation everyone's in it's about the friends and foes we meet along the way (laughs) yeah um really though and like um, lamar johnson uh, i think is is awesome yes and the other performance that i think we'll talk about quite a bit in when we get to it is uh scott shepherd um, yeah, Scott Shepard um, is fantastic. And going back to Lamar Johnson, who we just recently saw in Clement Virgo's brother, um, uh, he is is fantastic as Henry. Um, and yes, you met, mentioned Scott Shepard. I think I uh, can't wait to get to that point so we can talk about his performance uh, some more as well. Um, yeah, man. Um Anything else? I want to say uh, Gustavo uh, Santialala's score is uh, fantastic. He actually did the score um, with another gentleman that isn't listed on. Do you did you write down the other oh person's Let's name? Let's see if I score did with him. I probably didn't. Um, uh, well, you you stall and I'll I'll, I'll find right. it right now. All but, right, because I'm, I'm, I'm like the score is ripped. Straight from the game, you can tell like they probably didn't even have to re-record um, a lot of the music. Um, and then they also did additional music, um, which I thought was originally going to be with the person that uh, collaborated with him on part two. But I believe um, it was uh, something else, someone else, which I will find if Eric doesn't have it. Um, I do not have it, but in terms I'll, of the music, it, I think the soundtrack yeah. as well is uh, is really important. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, you do have a lot of of music that I guess you know some people will kind of consider it like almost doing the Guardians of the Galaxy thing a little bit, where it's taking familiar songs from certain eras and even using cover versions of them at some points. I think it works well for the tone of the show and the disparity and the depravity and just again the overall kind of bleakness of it and when you're watching a show like this you know if you end it on a certain song or have a song that plays at a certain moment it can really make or break 
um like people don't realize how an important episode or an ending or yeah, yeah a, a, a needle drop is or even just sound design is especially for horror you know like like another thing that like a lot of people i think will look at this and be like oh this reminds me of that is a quiet place with the with you know the the clickers specifically yeah. i think like yes you can tell that the bex and woods script for a quiet place was very much influenced by uh, the last of us and and you can see that as well so um yeah it's going to be one of those shows that'll be very interesting that like how will the video game community you know mm-hmm. meet with this how will fans of the genre you know will they enjoy it for what it is and and, and again like the one thing that, I, that that we'll probably be talking a lot about as well is that it's not the walking dead um it, no, it's not it's it's 10 times david better. F- david fleming is the other gentleman's name yeah so he blends the 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 art the pre-existing score score beautifully and then expands upon it um when it's needed and again it's also very sparse like it's not there's not a lot of it but when it's used it's used in the right moments you know um it's not afraid to be quiet which is another thing that i think is important about a show like this is that you don't always need to have music or sound to fill uh a scene you can have silence silence is just as good as any sound and sometimes that's even more frightening when you when you need to use um you know audio in 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 an interesting way so there's a lot going on here and there will be a lot to discuss in the coming weeks as we actually we'll be reviewing every episode and breaking it down. Yeah, we're going to try to. Yeah, that's a good point. And um, before we get into that, I, I will read, uh, I'll, I'll back you up on saying the licensed music I thought is awesome. It's an addition that um, part two of the last of us had a lot more of it utilizes um, licensed music in a very important way in part two, but part one never really had that um, element for the most part. Um, that element. And I think that's, um and that kind of goes to my earlier point about like product placement and things like that like really kind of putting you in the real world and air quotes i'm using for people who are listening like um video games i guess whether it's budget reasons or just they can kind of get away with it more of using kind of you know what we always mention is like you go to a soda machine and it just says cola or or something like that right like generic (laughs) yeah like some generic like the simpsons did that really well with parodies um, right like mulch sure but in in a video game it's probably like it's going to take more effort to get all the licensing and different things like that because there's that kind of suspension of disbelief like you're not in the real world right like you're playing a video game these are all computer generated kind of players and even though it's in in the real world i feel like you can you don't necessarily need to ground it in the same way and people might listening might be go that's not true but like i I don't know that's my thinking behind that where if i if you're making a television show using real people you might want to use real products real music um kind of things like that so um i think they do an excellent job with the with the needle drops on the show and and some of them hit really really hard are great credit songs but also used great in the um in the episodes themselves there's kind of nods to songs that we know if you're a fan of the game, which you've already kind of seen in trailers and stuff like that, if you watch them. Um, and I think that's interesting hearing Craig Mazin and, and Neil Druckmann talk about it uh, leading up to this too, of being like, it, it was interesting tackling this from the perspective of part two is already done, right? When they originally did the last of us, it was just the last of us. Right. So you can kind of end the DLC, which is called left behind, which goes into Ellie's backstory, which they do adapt in this show as well. Um, with uh storm Reed, I believe. Right. Yes. Um, yep. um, who's in missing playing, coming uh, up. Ellie's and the nun too. Yeah. Who, and yeah, you're right. And, uh, she plays Ellie's friend Riley. And, um, so they got to look at all of that and basically go, um, we can kind of see the whole picture now and how do we adjust things because we know the whole story so far. Um, cause there are rumors about a part three, but, um, so I think that's interesting of tackling this story, um, in, in that way as well. And, um, I can't wait to see, you know, all these interviews, hearing them talk about how, you know, if they do do part two, which if this is does well, which I think it will, um, that part two will probably be have to split up over multiple seasons. Cause it's so, 
it's it's big um and there's a lot going on um so i'm just kind of excited to see how people react to this um i'm excited to do those week to week breakdowns with you like you know the our overall thoughts you guys know that we love the show but um i'm excited to kind of go over each episode and 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 whether it's on this it'll probably be its own separate episode from the main show but it'll probably be on the main feed um and kind of just be a recap of each episode of the last of us and we can go into detail because there are certain things I'd love to go into more detail about and um, excited to get my wife's thoughts and my mom's thoughts. And it, it, some, it might be too intense for some people, especially like with the whole kind of pandemic angle of being really close to a real life pandemic that we're kind of still in. We are still in. Um, and it goes dark, like Eric mentioned, like it is a bleak series at times and a bleak story at times. And there are elements in there that I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, HBO's never afraid to go there, right? Like we've seen enough stuff on HBO where they're not going to shy away from something that you're like, oh, oh, my God. OK. And, and there are multiple moments um, like that in this show. But I think to your first question eric of it is this a you know optimistic story or is this a cynical story and and my kind of non-answer of that it's a bit of both i think like that stuff about caring about the people you love and and wanting them to survive so you don't have to live through this shit alone um is that optimistic side that kind of gets you through the bleakness and i think that's that through line through this show right is like there is a lot of bleak stuff and you might go man this shit is depressing but i promise you like push through it like there is a really interesting uh story um story there not only from the two main characters but a lot of those side characters we mentioned and um and you can put yourself in their shoes or other people's shoes throughout the show. And like Eric mentioned, how would you be go through the situation or did, is that what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing? Is this a person, a good guy, a bad guy? Um, and I think there's just so much there and I, I loved every second of it. And I think I, I just can't believe they, they did it. They adapted it. They got the right people to do it. They included the creators, which is an important part of this. Like Neil Druckmann was a huge part of the making of this show. The Druckster. He directs an episode. He he directs an episode. He wrote a, a most of it with Craig Mazin. Um, and I think they found the right people and they involved the right people who were both, you know, it's their it's their baby essentially. Like they created this thing, but they didn't, you know, obviously the people who were involved really cared about the story and but they weren't precious with it they were able to change things and look at it from that bigger picture and kind of uh do its own thing while being super super faithful so um are we gonna give this a rating i guess we've watched the whole season i mean you know what i'm gonna give it it's five out of five for me like i i it lived up to my highest of expectations I cannot wait to watch it again i think that's really telling for a show that is this bleak so i think that optimism maybe wins out because I, and you know, I love the story anyway, but like I want to, I wanted to immediately watch it again. Um, and I can't wait to watch it week to week with everyone and see tweets and how people feel. And, and I am curious again, Eric, to your point, and I'll let you sum up your thoughts of how those different audiences will react. Gamers are notoriously sensitive <laughs> and notoriously hate change. Well, entitled and, notoriously and, and possessive, like, right? And yeah, a lot of them, not everyone, but there is a very vocal group of, uh, of gamers that, um, that are, aren't, are a little toxic and, um, I'm, and we saw that with last of us part two when it came out. So like, I'm curious to see how, you know, the more um, regular gamers uh, take to it, the people who love this story, the people who maybe didn't vibe with it as a game, but they'll watch it as a show, how those hardcore kind of, you know, vocal crowd will take this because I think they they might yell about certain things and then how a general, you know, video games are one of the biggest industries in entertainment, um, but they weirdly still feel niche, if that makes sense. Like millions and millions and millions of people play video games and they make billions and billions and billions of dollars. But 
I still feel like it's it's still like it, you're oh you you're a gamer you play PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo and and you know more and more people are gamers now with casual gaming and party games and things like that but I still feel like this is um you know uh is going to be seen by millions and millions and millions of people for the first time who have no idea it's even based off of a video game like most of the people watching this probably will have no idea uh, the story that it's based off of a game, any of that, they'll just go into it going, Oh, cool. New, new zombie show, walking dead's ending. And there's one on HBO now. Right. And then like, that's how most people will probably approach this. So I'm curious to also see what that group of people thinks. So I'm very excited for this to air, but it was near perfect. Like I have very few criticisms. Um, and we didn't really go over any criticisms because like, I just enjoyed the ride. I really, really loved it. Can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I, I feel the same where like it just it does truly feel like you're watching the people who made the original version of something coming back together to recreate what you love, but at the same time, build upon that in a way that it's like, okay, we can, you know, tweak certain things and, you know, fulfill certain obligations that people are expecting, but also find new avenues of exploration that maybe we couldn't in the video game and, and, and make this its own thing and stand alone and not hurt the video game. Because that's the other thing where it's like, when it comes to video game adaptations, where you'll see something. And if you're not a game player or just a casual player, as you mentioned, and you might've had an interest in the video game, and then you see the horrible movie or the show that it's, it's been adapted into, then you're kind of like, I'm not going back to play Hitman or, you know, any of those or Max Assassin's Payne. Creed or Max Payne or any of that stuff. And it's like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's still at a novel stage of, of, of adaptation where this truly will be the, the, the new bar set for what a video game adaptation can be. Because before this, you know, like there, there are, you know, the other fungus based video game adaptation, Super Mario Brothers, you know, the the movie. Oh, has, don't you dare talk shit about Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> there's nostalgia to it. And, you know, there's a generation of kids that grew up with it, us included, that probably have a soft spot for it, even though it is not good. Oh, totally. uh, Called classic. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that. Um, but. But now you kind of look at it and it's like, okay, well, why does it keep failing? Like, why? And I, and I think a big part of it is that I, I don't know if... The stories weren't strong enough, personally. But and, and, and I also think that I think film versus television is a factor in, the, in this particular case because television, I think, lends itself better to the long form and and what this is in terms of a long running show and it's not a long running show in terms of like it's not going to be like you know neil Druckmann and, and, and craig Mazur have made a point saying it's not going to be 10 probably 12 three, seasons three four seasons maybe right yeah and so when you're watching something like this you understand why it is nine episodes and not you know two hours and and or two and a half hours you know like i think if we got the film version of this, the Sam Raimi either directed or produced version of this, it probably wouldn't have had the same impact and it probably would have been more watered down and diluted and just kind of like, again, a typical horror more movie. action. Yeah. Less Make it sexier, focused, yeah. apparently. Like that was one of the things that, that was... Sony wanted. Um, so, so go figure. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, like, I think like to me, like, even though, this is closer probably to being a more faithful adaptation than what I'm going to compare it to in terms of like the HBO stuff. But it almost reminded me how I felt <clears throat> with watching Watchmen where that movie adaptation didn't work, even though it's a fascinating failure, the television show, the one season took the elements that worked and then, built its own bridge to you know a story that connected perfectly to the themes and the ideas that it was presenting in taking you know modern social commentaries and perspectives and putting it all together in a really interesting way that kind of felt like it never overstayed its welcome and this is kind of what it reminded me of a little bit where like it's just this kind of unique 
world to itself. And I hope that video game adaptations moving forward will look at this and not necessarily copy, you know, verbatim, but understand what worked there and say, okay, well, maybe we can, you know, make a Bioshock movie that isn't half bad or, you know, a Duke Nukem film, but like, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where I do feel like this is going to be the citizen Kane of, of video game adaptations. So. Yeah. And I mentioned some ones before that, you know, people really loved arcane, uh, on Netflix, which is an animated series, uh, based on league of legends, I think. Sorry guys. I'm not, I'm not hugely in that world. Um, and the Witcher is a tricky one because you could go, is it based off of the books or is it based off of the games? Um, and then Castlevania being an anime, uh, I know people like quite a bit, but I feel like this is the most mainstream kind of thing we've gotten. And the first one on the, on a, a huge scale that sticks the landing and is as good as its source material, uh, arguably better, um, And I I agree with you that we are, I think, in the beginning of an era where, you know, we're starting to adapt games that had better stories. We're starting to understand to not just use them as IP cash grabs and to include the people who made those video games great in the storytelling process. And like, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto is working on the Mario movie. That's not saying the Mario movie is going to be great, but it's like. I don't know, including that the original creator of Super Mario who made those games as special as they are, like it gives you a lot more faith in that he him working with Illumination can make something that was as special as, as why people care about those video games as much, right? So, um, you know, even things like you see things like Gran Turismo's coming later and just not going like, let's make a generic uh, I'm not saying that that movie is going to be good either, but you start to see like, okay, how can we approach these from a different or interesting angle of going, oh, there's this really cool true life story about Gran Turismo that we can do instead of just this generic, like you, like need for speed, right? Like with yeah. Aaron Paul and, and Michael <laughs> Keaton and like, uh, like it, you instead go, okay, how do we approach this like correctly? And I think they're being a little bit more thoughtful with them and, and including those creators of those things and, um, you know, Naughty Dog's not perfect either. Like we got Uncharted last year, which felt more of the, you know, former rather than the latter. But even though it was like trickling towards the latter where it's like, okay, we're involved, but are we? And you're like, it's sort of, it's young Nathan Drake. It's different than the games, but then it's similar to the games. And um, we're getting closer and closer, even Sonic the Hedgehog and different things like that. Detective Pikachu, they were always like, you guys are almost there. Like you're almost there as I mean, not in great, but like in you're almost decent, <laughs> like you're almost okay. <laughs> um, which is a huge step from what all those other things that you mentioned. Right. And some of them I love mortal Kombat, super Mario brothers. There's tons of video game movies that I, because of nostalgia or they're just fun to watch with a crowd or, or are interesting or have one little nugget that is kind of an interesting thing that led us to the place where we're at now. Um, I think being someone who loves video games and loves film and television, like that's why I love looking at video game movies and why I've pretty much seen every single one of them. Um, And I think, yeah, with this leading into Mario brothers into Gran Turismo, and we're going to get more and more. um, I think we might be in an era where some of them might be, if they're even pretty good, like that 3.5 area and above, then that is like, astonishing compared to where we were right so like if super mario brothers is a 3.5 or i think the last of us is a 5.5 not from 5.5 sorry yeah maybe it's a 5.5 sorry (laughs) a five out of five and that's just coming from a tv show perspective like is it a great tv show um so i'm really interested in the future and 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 you know looking at games that have great stories like it's it's uh, that's why I love PlayStation so much is because their PlayStation studios are making the types of games that I want, which are very cinematic single player story focused with great gameplay games. Like we're getting uh, a God of war series at um, Amazon. We're getting a horizon uh, zero dawn series at Netflix. And like, it's interesting that they're jumping around and partnering with all different kind of uh, studios and, and, and uh, well, it's PlayStation studios, but they're partnering with different distributors like Netflix and Amazon and HBO and just kind of what 
where does this fit? Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Does it, is it feel like a Netflix thing? Does it feel like a Amazon thing? Does it feel like an HBO thing? And I think that's the right way of looking at it. So, and I'm not saying Sony's the only one doing it right now. And like, you know, Nintendo with illumination kind of also makes uh, sense. So um, anyways, I'm excited for the future as someone who loves video games and loves movies and television that we might get a few good ones. So, and, and to your point, it started sort of started here of being really, really great. Eric out of five, what are you giving the last of us? I'm going to give it four and a half out of five because I'm going to leave a little bit of room open for the season to come to because i do feel you, yes yeah. i do feel that like a fungus what is ahead could even be better or more special in terms of what it could do if it pulls it off but i think what we have here really is the beginning of saying or retiring the video game curse and saying that all video game adaptations are bad because are this truly does bad, feel yeah. like this is this the first step in the right direction you know, and it's, it's a great step Love it. in the right direction. So. Love it. Um, we'll be doing episode breakdowns uh, week to week uh, as much as we can. I am going away on vacation in February, but maybe we'll pre-record those um, since we've seen the whole series now. So um, thank you all for listening or watching. Um, Happy new year to you all. This is our officially our first review of 2023. Uh, so very fitting, uh, but we'll have reviews for uh, Plane and uh, Megan. I'm, I might go see Megan right now. So I'm hoping that we can do a Megan review um, as well as uh, some other stuff coming up. It's going to be Sundance. Fun we got Sundance. Coming. Oh, my God. I forgot. I keep forgetting about Sundance. Um, so Eric and I will have a bunch of reviews from Sundance in the latter half uh, of January. So stay tuned for that. Um, but you can go check out a three hour beefy episode of the untitled movie podcast where Eric and I go over our 23 most anticipated films of 2023. Um, but we talk about the entire 2023, um, film slate essentially of what's what we know of, year. you know, then, like it, it, even stuff yeah. that doesn't have, um, a date as of yet, but there, but there's, we even mentioned, there's a lot of stuff that we probably don't even know that's going to be um, really good or interesting because again, like who could have predicted RRR after sun, you know? Oh, absolutely. I can't a, wait a, to see a what year from, comes out of nowhere. Yeah. From now. So, yeah. um, and then we also did our best film. Speaking of RRR and after sun, our favorite films or best films of the year, which was the episode uh, before that um, on untitled movie podcast. So go check both of those out. Uh, One stop shop for everything is over on letterbox, which is untitled underscore movies. That's where you're, find all of our reviews and podcasts that's probably your easiest spot for that um and as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric marchin you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on all those social medias at em6211 until next time I'm taking a ride with my best friend. Hope he doesn't let me down again. Bye, everyone.